0: Yeah. <smart noise> going on? That was my intro today. That was my intro. That was my, uh, that was a little collage of my best friend, Robert. So anyone, anyways, good evening, everyone. I'm just waking up. I'm sure you guys are too. This is my second, uh, little podcast. Rondi, what's going on? You just missed my cool little um, Robert thing. I'll do it again quickly. So as I show Rondi this, she's in a band with me called uh, Hurt in the Heartbeat and so is this guy Robert. So one more time. Mm -hmm. All right. So anyways, greetings everybody. So this is my second second podcast and this is going to be all about that guy right there. <clears throat> and where do we go after these uh experiences he passed away on Wednesday. So uh had a little time to to process it. And you know you you I usually feel like, when my friends pass away, that, like... Like, I work really hard to, like, maintain this connection with them. You know? So, like, when they do leave, that I'm still connected. You know? And right now, I'm not feeling him. So, I feel maybe he's in a really just good place. You know? But all my friends, I try to just mentally hold on to. And then, so, uh, you know, we can, we can all get back when we're in that next world. So... Anyways, this podcast is called, uh, what does it all mean? You all know me, uh, but for the people that don't, this is going to be rebroadcasted later on Spotify and iTunes and all that like crap. Uh, me, Rondi and, uh, Robert and, uh, Steve, we have two Steves and, um, and they're in a band called, we're on a band called Hurt and Heartbeat and, uh, Yeah. The, the guy, Robert, that, that you just heard or saw... Was... He was the behind-the-scenes dude that did everything for us, you know? And people don't see those people, and they're the just... They're the best. Like, the band wouldn't exist without someone like Gabby, you know? Or just without Gabby, you know? So... It's crazy to to think of the world without him. It's like everything got all weird and, and they turned into a paradox, you know? But... It's just life. What are you going to do? So, I'm glad everybody's joining in. Thank you, Julia. What's going on? What's going on, James? Hurt family. Hurt family. So, let me get my little idiot sheet. I actually have, um, you know, things. I'm following everything correctly so far. <laughs> okay, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my friend Robert I'm gonna talk a, a, a little bit about, you know who he is so, Robert worked at, at UPS for like 30 years uh, he loved the Angels, he loved Depeche Mode he loved U2, he loved going to concerts he, he loved uh, he loved being around people you know, and that's what I loved about him and uh If you ever have, like, a guardian angel friend, that was him. He was my guardian angel. He was the dude that, like, when I I was going to do bad things, he was always like, don't. Don't. And you need someone like that in your life, you know? So, um, what else? Okay, so I'll break it down. I'll break it. This is stuff that Ronnie doesn't even know. So... I'd say 25 years ago, I I followed this band called Crazy Wisdom, and it was my friend Gino's band and uh, my friend Thomas's band, and this was way back before, you know, people were really making music. I mean, of course they're making music, but, but back then it wasn't hip, you know? Now it's very hip to be in a band, and everyone's in a band, yada, yada, yada. Back then, 25 years ago, it really wasn't. So... I, uh, this band Crazy Wisdom, I would follow around, and they were kind of like a reggae band, and Cabby was just the friggin' roadie for that band, and I would just see him moving equipment, just, you know, completely just helping these guys whatever they needed, and at that point, I'm like, I wanna do that, so I started helping them for a little while, like, one or two shows, and then I'm like, I don't wanna be a roadie, like, this is awesome, but I don't wanna do this, so then at that point, yeah, you know, that was 25 years ago. I'd say maybe 10 years went by and the the wheels were still rolling. I'm like, man, that is a cool life. I want to, I want to have, you know, a band. I want to, I want to have a roadie. I want to have people that like, like to dance to music. So then, yeah, I started the band and, and then I knew that I could steal, steal Robert. So I stole Robert Cavanaugh from, uh, from Crazy Wisdom because, They stopped playing live shows. Hopefully they'll get back together soon and start playing again. But uh, at that point, yeah, then uh, that's when I stole Robert. And yeah, he he was the best. He started out as a roadie, you know, and then he became the stage manager, you know, where he was just like basically telling people what needed to be done at all times because he knew better than anybody. So, you know he he was the right hand man you know and what well, do you what can you say so we I'll tell you this one story so we had this 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 code where you know sometimes after the show people would want to talk and you get really tired so I would look at look at Robert and I'd be like hey Robert if you ever want to just get out of here you know come up to me and just like kind of tug on my shoulder or look at me, like, you know, give me like a sign. Interrupt me as I'm talking to to humans that, that seem interested. And he never did that. And I told him this like seven, eight times, seven, eight times. I'm like, dude, whenever you want to go, just come and pull on me. And I even look at him like, you ready? And so finally it was super late. We were in San Diego. It's on the curb. These people wouldn't let me go. And and I was looking at him like, Are we cool? Are we cool? Are we cool? Then he just screams at the top of his lung, get in the car! Like, and I mean it like a volume 30, and those people looked so scared. And I was like, yes, that was almost better than coming up to me and, and, you know, doing this fake, hey, we got to go BS. But we really did have to go. So... Anyways... been an interesting 2021 so far that's all I can say interesting 21 so far all right I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one more story about uh caby so uh you'll be our roadie. <laughs> that's the thing like when when you know a roadie it, I started teaching him piano you know and that was the thing I it was just an excuse to hang around. A roadie and all that crap is just—it's just another friend that isn't quite musical at that time. So, you know, I was teaching him piano, and one day, he was gonna just come up and play. And I'm pretty sure he—he he was up on stage with us when I destroyed a, a guitar one time. We were in Boscos, and I had this this uh, this this piano called a Moog. And all you really had to do is just press one button. And I I'm pretty sure I just had him press one button and it was just going like eh, oh, eh, oh, eh, oh, eh, oh, making this loud noise. <laughs> and then that's when I came and like just destroyed this this guitar that I bought that day. And uh it was awesome. It was chaos. Cavi was there for that. So he was there for everything. So uh, I'm not going to talk about them all night, but th- this will be the last story before I want to get into everyone else's uh, stuff. So, one of the the craziest adventures that we had recently was Depeche Mode in 2017, and uh, while we went to this, like, we had a, our own tour, the Hurt and the Heartbeat tour going on, Saved the Whole World tour, you know, and we were playing shows left and right, left and right, left and right, and... He just said, hey, man, like, I want you to come down to basically Mexico and uh, and see Depeche Mode with me. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, why not? What could go wrong? We're two grown adult men. Nothing could go wrong. Oh, oh okay. So we head down to Chula Vista. It's like the wicked, wicked amphitheater and uh, outside amphitheater. And Depeche Mode is just huge. So as we start to get there, we notice that we're not going to get in on time with the parking. So we decide that we're going to go like two, maybe three miles down past Cricket Amphitheater. Not knowing that that was the border to Mexico. And so at that point, we didn't care. We were just like, boom, here's a cool spot we headed to, uh, the show. At that point, we had to walk three to four miles to the amphitheater through kind of, like, a really dangerous, uh, like, small two-lane road, kind of, like, the equivalent to, like, Laguna Canyon for all of the, uh, people that live in Southern California. And so, at that point, we are, uh, we're going through there, and I- I see all these people that are just talking about Dave Gahan, talking about whatever, all just having their wine and and I'm like I don't fit in here at all. And all of a sudden, Robert just walks up to them and and somebody says something about a concert and without missing a beat, he just answers. And then at that point, like those people just accepted him right away and I I wasn't accepted, but he was. And it was so cool to see him in this element. And then at that point, you know, we all headed to the show. Saw the show. The show was awesome. We got out of there early because we didn't need to see Personal Jesus for the 50th time. And uh, as we're heading back, it, it, that Laguna Ganyan Road, it was nighttime. So it got super dangerous. And we're kind of walking through, you know, this this dangerous highway. And there's cars coming at us. And Cavi's wearing a kilt because he really loved the kilt. And at that point, like... It got super dangerous, so we started running, and I guess at one point the keys fell out of the kilt and onto the road somewhere, And but it was so dangerous we had no time to really stop and look, and he didn't know. So by the time we get down to three miles down, we finally get, we're so tired from all of this craziness, we jump in a cab, ironically, we jump in a cabby and we friggin' go down to uh, finally our car, and as soon as we get there, I'm like, let me in, let me in, let me in. And he's like, dude, I don't have the keys. And it's now like one thirty in the morning. And I'm like, what? So at that point, we've got to call a locksmith. And so I'm like, whatever. What could go wrong? This is amazing. And so I like for real, i just learned to roll with it. When you go out on tour a lot, you just you get used to things that just are bad. So at that point, uh, we call locksmith. They come out maybe two and a half hours later. It's probably three, th- about three 30 or something, three, four o'clock in the morning. And all the while, like before th- about five minutes before the locksmith showed up, I-, I hear these, these motorcycles. Okay. And they're wild motorcycles. And I'm like, what is going on? It's three in the morning, who's who's on motorcycles? And there were like, probably five, six, seven, eight motorcycles that went through. And I kid you not, I think they have like, machine guns on the back of their backs. I'm not kidding, I, this could be just my imagination at this point, but but thinking back, and and I thought they were kids, but what kids are out at 3.30 in the morning? So looking back at that now, those and I checked the map last night we were on the border we were like 3 steps away we could like probably honestly we were about 30 steps away from the border so at that point i'm thinking those are probably sicarios those are probably like narco you know enforcers to make sure that no one's infiltrating that side of of mexico and not not police but actual narco guys and when they saw there were just two two concert going guys they didn't even think twice but for me in retrospect that's pretty insane so at that then so after that happened the uh the guy shows up the the uh locksmith and he he gets us our key and we get home at like five in the morning and the sun the sun's about to come up and, and yeah and that is rock and roll So, you know, (laughs) Sicario's in Mexico. What are you going to do? It's freaking amazing. And Robert was down for all of it. So I'm sure everybody has lost someone in their life and it's tough, you know, and I'm kind of like, the show is kind of about the afterlife and what do you all believe, you know? What do you believe, James? What do you believe, Julia? What do you believe, Rondi? You know, personally, I like to believe that, you know, I really do believe in the karmic principle. And, and what you do here really does reflect over there. You know, so how much, you know, cosmic credit like Prince is just sitting on a stack of of you know, guitar, like golden guitars that are just, you know, doves made these golden guitars wherever he's at. And his cosmic credit was just, was great. And so I think, you know, I don't necessarily believe in heaven, but I believe in, in, uh, you know, a state of, of happiness and, and acceptance. And I think when you accept yourself in any form whatever you do, you know, wherever you're going, you'll be okay, you know, as long as you know that you're cool, you know, if you're cool, if you're okay, you're not hurting anybody, you know, (laughs) you're trying to help people out, you know, I heard that the basketball player, uh, like, uh, I forget what his name is, that really tall cat, he, he stopped, like, all of the like with his money like with this basketball money he stopped all of these like shark killings you know like like that's that credit is his cosmic credit's huge my mom's two-year anniversary coming up passed away yeah uh let's get real with my parents like i don't even want to deal with that kind of pain i i, I told my mom already that like uh She can die, like, the day after I die, so I don't have to deal with it. You know, I want to do the Carrie Fisher thing. I'll I'll do it to, like, 80 or whatever, and my mom can be, like, 102, and then I can pass, and then she can pass. Because I don't want to deal with that pain. Even my dad, same thing. They they just got to keep going. Both of my parents are alive right now, so... I don't wanna bury anybody. I don't wanna to have to deal with the responsibility of bodies and 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 you know, the, the, the real morbid side of life. You know, what does it all mean? And I think that's more scary to me than uh heaven or hell. Like what am I gonna do with my body when I die? <laughs> that's the worst. Am I gonna am I gonna be buried in a box where if something goes, you know, something went wrong in this life, they can exhume me and find out later. Or am I going to get burned up and, you know, spread out somewhere? And either way, it won't be me. I'll be somewhere else in a better place. But what? It's the body factor. Man, I don't want to deal with the body factor. Okay, what's James saying? I find they visit you in dreams. And sometimes you wake and... It takes a while to process that it was a dream. I, I definitely agree. I've I've heard voices. I've felt people's presences so, <clears throat> so vividly that, yeah, when you wake up, you're like, oh, I was just hanging out with my grandpa, you know? Like, you feel it, you know? And you, you can hear their voices and, you know, that that's the thing. Where do we go when we sleep? <clears throat> that's another thing. Where do we go when we sleep? and I, I heard scientists recently saying that yeah we might go to an alternate universe while we while we sleep. Well, if we're going to an alternate universe, what are we creating there? And is that where they're at? You know? So <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. I was with both of my parents when they transitioned into non-physical. It was an honor to be there. That's heavy. That's heavy. Like, my ideal death, me personally, is, yeah, like, <clears throat> I heard George Harrison was in, I think it was a hospital, but he had all his loved ones just sitting around him, and they all knew it was time to, to go, and Olivia, his wife, said that, like, when it was his time, like, like this just, just this light, like, went came over him, like, you know, this light, like, his cosmic credit was so just great that, like, he just left you know like like just an elevated soul and you could feel the energy in the room and it wasn't a bad thing it was a good thing that's what that's what it, it sounded like from the uh George Harrison documentary you know so personally i've never i've seen a i've seen a cat die in my arms that was horrible but but being with a human being, I I've seen people die in front of me, I, but I I haven't known them because I work out in the public. Being an EPS driver, I, I I've seen all kind of kinds of things, and I've seen people pass away. But uh, yeah, having loved ones pass away, I think is the hardest. Like you know, just just to touch on Julia, you know, it was two years ago that uh, that happened to your mom. My friend Julian passed away. Probably eight years ago and uh, when Robert passed away it was just like a like I thought I you know I got over Julian I wrote the song Julian Loves Gems to to get over that and now every time I sing that song I can bring his spirit back up so in in thinking that I'm like oh I'll be over it I'll be over it but as soon as you know Robert passed away then boom it just it, it was like the more scars of you know oh Julian and and my grandpa, and all everybody else, my grandma, all these people, you know, but they do, they live within us, and I know that's cheesy, but I think it's true, you know, because if we can access them at night, (laughs) in our dreams, then it's just crazy, so, they kept saying your mom will go, but she fought for three more weeks, yeah, that's the thing, I think our bodies are way more powerful than, uh, our, our minds are way more powerful than our bodies and uh i i <clears throat> my grandmother she was a big influence on on me and uh she was they pronounced her they they said like yeah you've got like 3 more days and i heard that and i decided i didn't want to go i didn't want to go see my grandma and it wasn't that that i didn't want to see her because <clears throat> I didn't want to see her in her last hours. I knew that if I didn't go see her, she would stay alive. So this is real. Then a month goes by and my mom's like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. And I, and I kept thinking to myself, no, I'm, I'm just gonna stay away from my grandmother and as long as I stay away, she'll be alive. Well, that became very selfish because obviously, you know, when your journey's up, it's up. And if you're fighting to stay here, you know, who's being the selfish one? It was me. So as soon as I went to go see my grandmother within 2 days I, I think it was like 2 days if even it might have been the next day I think it was 2 days after then she passed away. So, you know, yes. Now Rondi. And when I see something I know they would appreciate, I focus on it so they can enjoy it too. That is when I feel most connected to them and I have conversations with them and I feel very close to them totally. Oh, it's now, like, now Depeche Mode takes on a whole new meaning because of Robert Kilt, you know, uh, just the little things, you know, the, the stupid, like, little Subaru XRV or, or WRV, whatever he drove around and we drove around in all around America, you know, like, I, every time I see one of those, that's going to be him, and it, it's just a trip. So, yeah, I think our minds play tricks on us, too, you know. (laughs) Even listening to The Cure with Gabby, that's so funny. That explains it, the just like heaven when you're spinning around. Yeah, I was listening to Depeche Mode as well, uh, just to, you know, that's it. I think those emotions and our energy gets trapped into those songs somehow. You know, and that's kind of what makes them magical. It's not so much the lyrics and the and the beat and the chords and all that. It's, I think, the energy that us as humans put in towards that. You know, I there's some Cure songs that like, they're just a part of me. And if they're a part of me in this universe, they'll be a part of me in another universe. And if they connect with me, they'll connect with him and you. And it's just another way to, you know, music's another mystery. You know, music is definitely a, uh, you know, if we're trying to figure out the universe, you know, and we're trying to, we're trying to do schematics, you know, it's like, it's like love, you know, plus sound with vibration music basically equals you know, whatever, life, who knows, but, uh, okay, look, 99% of those photos you posted, I took, and I remember taking everyone, I instantly transported that to that space on time, I know, that's another thing that, uh, that, that photographs can do, you know, especially when you don't see photographs of yourself, and, and someone comes up to you and hands you a photograph of of yourself, and you never knew that existed. That's the weirdest. Yeah, he was the photographer. Yeah, he took all the photos. So, yeah, it's cool that you captured a lot of those. I'm stoked on that. Well. Got my ties to here. I remember that he. Uh, I remember he loved the song. Okay, I'll, one more story, story about him. There's a, the song Sick Dog that I wrote. And. Uh, at that time, like, I think his dog just passed away. Like his actual dog just passed away. And so, like, like, then, uh, we had a show at the Tiki Bar. We were playing the Tiki Bar, I remember. And, uh, and he, uh, i for the perfect, perfect. Kind of ruining things hold on everyone okay 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 okay. so i remember so he his his dog had just passed away and he uh that dog was there for 16 years of his life and that dog was amazing dog was amazing And so I remember we were playing the Tiki Bar And the whole goal of music Is to to reach people You know, you just want to reach people And so I remember playing the song I will play it if I can remember it I don't know if I do I played the song And like halfway through He ran up nope he ran up and and he was crying and he looked at me like he was just like I, like he got it you know and I was stoked that was probably like the best musical moment of my life right there seriously I'm staring at the planes and I, I I played that song and he came running up and with these tears in his eyes and I was so stoked because finally someone understood my music. So yeah. Kinda stoked you're all here hanging out. I've been kind of hiding in my hermit cave for a while, dealing with all this. So I saw you were out too, Ronnie, on the skates. Well, I don't have anything to promote. I think it was just uh, kind of venting. Venting a little bit about Robert, you know. moment of silence. Let's do a moment of silence while I'm on fire. Alright. Alright, everybody. That was heavy. This has been a heavy, heavy show. I'm glad you guys are with me. I'm probably gonna have to write some some music to get through the night because I've had my plenty of ties, tees. So, thank you. And and to end this on a high note, have you guys seen *WandaVision*? Check out *WandaVision*. If you haven't seen *WandaVision* yet, if you're a Marvel fan at all one division It was, it was great. Seriously. It's a, it's a good show. I can't wait to see more. So, thank you for, uh, you know, hanging out with me, everybody. I truly love you guys. Uh, and the next show I'm going to have, it'll probably be next Saturday. It's going to be with my friend uh, Alex Denka. He is a um, dude that's got this this dog. Sebastian and uh it was a rescue dog so uh you know I I have a rescue cat Mr. Magoo so we're going to talk about rescuing animals and and, uh what does it mean to us in the world you know and I I recently read uh just just for a little preview of (laughs) next week's show uh I just read that, that PETA, the, the PETA organization, I was a vegan for 25 years, and I learned that they kill more animals per um, shelter than anybody else. I didn't know that. That was a really disturbing uh, bit of information to learn. I always thought that, you know, when you hear the people's or ethical treatment of animals, you think, oh, well, obviously they're going to be treated ethically. And so... Yeah, maybe we'll get into that with with Alex. So anyways, guys, peace and love. Thank you for listening to my little ridiculous podcast. Rock and roll.